Blog Talk Radio. All right, in five, four, three, two. That's a clapper. <laughs> everybody how's everybody doing this is actually our year in review show part two because last time well yesterday we kind of had a little technical difficulty but i think we got it okay unfortunately yesterday bk was with us now he's on vacation so he's on the road with us but we got him on the phone that's right so we're here to do our new our year in review show for you today better than it was yesterday if you listened if you listened i am so sorry for yesterday if you didn't thank god you didn't listen <laughs> welcome we to this technical problems but we just didn't realize the extent of the technical problem until much later on exactly so this uh we'll start off with the people that we lost in 2016 this was like the year of death it seemed like there was so many people here Every time you turn around, someone famous was dying. It was crazy. Oh, yeah. Let's start off with Angus Scrum. For the people who don't know who that is, for the people that watch Phantasm, that's the tall man, Angus Scrum. He died. David Bowie, we all know who he is, right? Yes. Then Alan Rickman. We have Dan Haggerty. Yes, Alan Rickman was a big blow, too. Dan Haggerty. Glenn Fry. Abe Fry, Bogoda. one of the founders of the Eagles. Yes. Oh. A- Abe Vigoda. I miss Abe, too. And Frank Sinatra Jr., Gary Shandling, Merle Haggard. We lost Alan, or Ann Jackson. Almost said Alan Jackson. Whoops. <laughs> Started a fake rumor already. <laughs> Look at that. Doris Roberts, China, Alan Young, Patty Duke, Muhammad Ali, we lost Gordy Howe. I had to put a hockey player in there. I know not too many people know who he is, but if you don't, you gotta have Gordy Howe in there. That's right. If it comes to hockey, you gotta know who Gordy Howe is. So if you like hockey and you don't know who he is, go look it up. We lost Ron Lester, Anton Yelchin, Gary Marshall, Alexis Arquette. I remember when he was Alex Arquette. We lost Kenny Baker, Gene Wilder, John Paluto. Again, still can't say your name, sorry. <laughs> we got, uh, also, we lost Brian Dunn, or not Brian Dunn, Bill Nunn. <laughs> sorry about that. Sure. You, you've got more rumors starting there. Yeah. Robert Vaughn, Florence Henderson, Ron Glass, Alan Thicke. We lost Zsa Gabor. Uh, wasn't her sister the one that played in Green Acres? Uh yeah, one of the Gabors was in Green Acres. And the biggest blow. That was Shasha. That was in Green Acres. It was Shasha. Oh, was it? Okay. I yeah. used to watch that when I was a kid. And the biggest blow for 2016 was Carrie Fisher. Or at least. Carrie Fisher, right there at the last. To to all the Star Wars nerds and geeks like us. But Carrie Fisher, yeah, yeah. That, that was a big blow for us. Then, and then uh, what made that worse was the next day her mother died. Exactly. Debbie Reynolds. And then at the very last TikTok, William Christopher. 
the uh, what he played in Mash. He was what the preacher. And there right? were there were many many others too. Right. Um, but it's, it's amazing how many people we lost. Yeah. So this year in review is not just about movies year in review. It's also going to be about the whole picture year in review. So right now we're going to play a little uh, past shows that we've got. So I hope you enjoy. Coming to you from the DK Studios, a.k.a. wherever they're at, it's the whole picture with your host, Aaron Madison. This week they talk Deadpool, so sit back and relax with some nice warm chimichangas and enjoy. Or else. You know how I see it? I look, okay, check it out. Van Wilder grew up, (laughs) got a girlfriend, (laughs) got fucked over, got some cancer, um, Some guys came over and said, hey, well, we can help you out. They fucked him over, and now he became Deadpool. Right. That, that's Ryan Reynolds. I mean, you know, you'll think, think, that's Ryan Reynolds' is Deadpool. That's I, I, exactly I, how I see it. That's exactly how it turned I out. Didn't, I didn't really hate Green Lantern. I, I liked some aspects of Green Lantern. I know that Ryan Reynolds didn't like Green Lantern. He didn't like what he was put through or whatever else. Do you agree? I agree. I mean, um, I forgot where it was going to go. Come on now, sound topic. Sorry, I was in the middle of doing something. <laughs> uh, go ahead. Sorry, if you'll finish your tweet, just go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> no. Um. Yeah. The, all the puns in the movie. Oh, it was. Oh my god. Even they even punned he, he, themselves. He 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 called out everything and everybody. Even in, in the, the whole their movie. own studio. He called out the X Men. He's like, oh, can we not afford any more X Men? You know. Then then he pulls the mask off and it's. The picture of Hugh Jackman. I mean, come. On. I mean, it was just, you know, and, and I don't know if he got in trouble for any of this or not. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't really know. I mean, I've heard some. Well, he couldn't rumors. do the Hugh Jackman because it was all Wolverine, Hugh Jackman right. pictures. And guess who owns that? Ba-ba-da-ba! Right. Well, Fox Studios. Well, so, well, Deadpool's up my Fox Studios. That's why R- Ryan Reynolds has has put his face out there and has put his hand up and said, "I'm Deadpool," and you know what I'm saying? He he's owned it. So that's where I respect him in this movie more than anything else because he started off being this character, which we all loved him as the Deadpool before he became the Deadpool. Far as far as the no mimic mouth. Deadpool in the Origins, but he, you know he was he was the mouthy assassin. The Earth Two Deadpool. You know, if you, you know, <laughs> on, 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 if you look back at X Men X Men Origins, the Wolverine Origins in the beginning of it, was that not Wade Wilson before he had the mask yeah. on? Wade Wilson, a mouthy freaking, you know, just everything. Everything was right. Welcome back to the whole picture. Today we're talking baseball movies. Originally we were going to do sports, and then we realized, you know, there's way too many movies that involve 
baseball and football, and it, and it would just be a four-hour podcast. So we're going to split it up and do baseball now. Let's talk about Field of Dreams. Bull Durham, on the other hand, Little Big League. The Rookie. Trouble with the Curve. Million Dollar Arm. Ooh, baseball movie. Look. It's called uh, Sugar. Like Mr. Death Bad News Bears. is a league of their own. It's called Summer Kids. And now, Kevin Smith tweets. At the handle of that Kevin Smith. I'm sorry, it's Twitter talk. At that Kevin Smith. We're going to name some of... We're just going to read some of the little zangies he's put up on his Twitter. This first one's great. And this is in response to um, Civil War. Are you Tony Stank? The brightest star in the at Marvel Galaxy. Twitter talk. Remember that, folks. At the real Stan Lee. Stan's first movie cameo. Hashtag mall rats. Another one. Happy Labor Day to all our laborers, including all the moms. I know my mom labor was long and hard. She had to give birth to a butterball. <laughs> That's good stuff. Please try and imagine this in his voice and not mine. If you're not being useful in this world, you're being useless. Don't be useless. Try to do and create helpful stuff that makes people happy. That's actually good advice. It is, isn't it? He's. That's another reason why I like him. He's got stuff like that. He's so positive. Another one is, flying to Toronto today, going through security, and the lady behind me says, I smell weed. I replied, me too, all the time. She chuckled. All right, and this is great. I love this one. I may not be fashionable, but I do like to think I have my own style, said the guy in jorts, a hockey jersey, and a backwards baseball cap. This one I like. I just read the script to the episode of at CW underscore The Flash. I start working on next week, and I love it. Lots more action-y stuff than my last episode. Dude, I can't wait to see that this new season. I'm looking forward to that, too. Finished Terms of Endearment, a blubbery mess. Now watching Hoosiers. I'm pretty sure I'll use every tissue on this plane before we land. Gene Wilder, the face of childhood joy for many a generation, has passed. Farewell, sweet genius. Glinda awaits you. This is a good Twitter quote. It's a nice tweet. I'm doing the cheesy thumbs up. Hope you're listening. The haters show up if I breathe wrong, but the fans show up if I breathe at all. So it balances out in the end. Only way that perfect at Game of Thrones episode could have been more satisfying, maybe if they also killed Hitler and created a three-day weekend. Thanks. I'd been told it was bad and that I was stupid for making it. Same with Mallrats and Tusk. And at Yoga Hosers. I don't know what that's in reference to, but I like that everything that he was told was bad, but it's all pretty good. Yeah. The at Yoga Hosers trailer has been called many things. Smart has not been one of them. Batshit stupid is said lots. All right. Saturday mornings were always the highlight of my week in childhood, so much so that I shaped my adulthood to be one long Saturday morning. I like that. Yes. Tuned into At Game of Thrones tonight for the Battle of the Bastards, but got the most metal 70s album cover of all time instead. Fuck. MGM TV and I pitched hashtag Buckaroo Banzai yesterday. The result? Three serious suitors. So it looks like we're going to be making the show. Ah, hashtag Team Banzai. Another one. At 815, at Yoga Hosers is going to happen to all these good folks attending at Indie PopCon, I suggest you pray for them. Mm -hmm. Oh, this is a good one. Dallas! Hey. Hometown. Dallas. At J Muse is sleeping now in an effort to conserve his energy for get old at, and and please don't, I'm reading this as it's written, at at Dallas Comic Con tonight at 6. Remember Twitter talk. Yes, it's Twitter talk. He must be a huge Game of Thrones fan as a a lot of people. 
Oh, I am, so I wouldn't Watching at Game of Thrones makes me appreciate my life. As bad as it can get in our world some days, at least there aren't any White Walkers. <laughs> That's good stuff right there. After delayed international travel and the quickest shower together on record, at Jay Muse and I are finally at, at Dallas Comic Con. I have one more. He says, I fly a lot, so I meet people who recognize me in airports every day. The thing almost all of them say to me eventually is, you smell amazing. <laughs> well, it's live here. It may not be when they're listening to it, but it's live right now. That, that, that would be the ish part. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here with BK and our screen queen, Ace. Hello. So, scream. No, Barnes and Noble book. They might be something though. Someone might have stuck their hand in the blender back there. Yeah. I mean, either that or, you know, there's too many things that happen in a bookstore. It's the too many thoughts. thrill of live events. <laughs> too many thoughts and too many of what happens. Yeah. And, and who snaps? And so it's a, a, a geek event. There's a few running around. They'll be like, what's that? What? 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 And all of a sudden, all the lightsabers will come out. Yes. So. Wrong one. This would be one. That's true. Be wands at this because the Harry Potter book comes out tonight at midnight. Now they know when we're recording, don't they? Yes. Darn it. We're recording. Uh, today is the thirtieth. Uh, we're we're here to celebrate the pre-release, I guess, of the Harry Potter Cursed Child. That's, yes. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna lie. I haven't read one book. I've watched the movie. <laughs> I've read most of the books. Um, I don't even remember which one it is I haven't read. It's been so long. And I know that my daughter's wanting the whole box set of books for Christmas. I'm like, keep dreaming. <laughs> so is the Deathly Hollows book, it's one book, right? It's, it's one really book. thick book. It's one, well, they're all really thick books. Except for, they just said, well, they hey, got there's thicker. a lot of stuff in here, and they wanted to make more money, so they made two movies. Well, didn't they get thicker each book, though? No. Because I could have Sorcerer's Stone was... Sorcerer's Stone was pretty thick, um, and then Chamber of Secrets was pretty thick. Prisoner of Azkaban was actually a little thinner. I don't think it was as many pages. So what did you think about Ghostbusters? Ghostbusters. Some of the special effects I thought were really good, though. I saw it in 3D. It's worth it to see that. Oh, it looks like it's going to be badass that in 3D. was just, some of that was, wow. <laughs> You know, like, at the beginning where that ghost is just, like, vomiting ectoplasm everywhere, it's like... No, like, seriously, everywhere. It got in every crack. (laughs) It was seriously flying off the screen and into your face. They spent their budget on 3D effects, on Easter eggs, on cameos, and about probably half a script. But it was well-written half a script. I'll have to say that. Without any other Ghostbuster movie. If neither the other two Ghostbuster movies or any of the cartoon series or any of that ever existed, I thought it was okay. Welcome to the Whole Picture Podcast. This is our horror show. Do clown sightings that are freaking everybody out. We do talk about clowns and clown stuff, but this is no terroristic threat. Enjoy. Okay. You gonna read this? Am I reading this? You want me yes. to read this? You read I this. I can read this. 
uh, my writing's terrible. I'm not sure if you could read it oh, if you I wanted to. Oh, I can read horrible writing. I write like a fun. doctor. If only they paid me like one, it'd be great. Ah, fall. Who doesn't jump that time of year when the weather gets glittery and the Cujos start to change? <laughs> Halloween is time for carving ghost bumper, <laughs> Ghostbusters, <laughs> yelling candy, and throwing... Alan Bloody, or um, A, sorry. Alan A Bloody. A Bloody Halloween Party. I thought I said Alan. There's a slash. <laughs> <laughs> Halloween parties are certainly happy, but preparing for them can be stressful. However, as long as you remain cool and green, your mall will be something everyone will impale. First <laughs> of all, you must dress creakily. Your costume must be squeaky enough to ensure that you that the cheerleaders of the party. Uh, classic costumes such as vampires and drunks are always a hit. <laughs> and keep in mind that comfort is long. This will be a crooked evening, and you don't want your eyeball to be sore later. <laughs> <laughs> Knowing who to invite is also short. Ideally, mm-hmm. you want someone stumpy like Johnny Depp. <laughs> if that person can't slice yelling... Someone like Ace isn't a bad idea, mm-hmm. but just make sure they they don't acing too much like last year. All over New Orleans at Bourbon Street, it was Woo! lovely. They remember you. I bet they do. There's probably a billboard. <laughs> Reward. Please don't turn me in. <laughs> don't let them have more than seven chainsaws so you don't wind up spending the entire party holding their bicep back as they edit all over the bread. Keep in mind that you're the host and other biscuits need your gravy too. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. As long as you're friendly and stout and you provide plenty of dark music and some delicious cat, your guests will sleep you. Hey, host, where's the cat? (laughs) What cat? (laughs) Is it dead? (laughs) If you follow these tips, your beds will beautifully come back in December for your grave party. (laughs) The end. (laughs) That worked out way better than I thought it would. Oh, that was nice. So, that was some of our past shows. Now, the other day I got to speak with uh, our superhero guru, Evan, and he did a little rundown of the superhero 2016 and what we can see expect in 2017. So check it out. How you doing, folks? It's Evan, the superhero guru, and I'm going to give you a year overview of the 2016 superhero movies. Let's start off with the top five box office hits. Coming in at number five is the MCU's Doctor Strange with $226 million. At number four, DC's Suicide Squad with $325 million. At number three, and it hurts my heart to say, Batman v Superman uh, Dawn of Justice at $330 million. Number two, I'm very happy to say, is the R-rated Deadpool at $363 million. And the number one superhero movie of 2016, you all know it was, Captain America Civil War at $408 million. This is one of the first years that we haven't had a superhero movie break 
I believe, the $500 million mark for domestic. So that's very, very intriguing. But not telling, just intriguing. Because um, Spider-Man's going to make a billion dollars. So what were the five most anticipated ones of the year? So the five most anticipated films of 2016, going from five to one would be, at number five, X-Men Apocalypse. At number four, Suicide Squad. At number three, Deadpool. Number two, Civil War. And the most anticipated movie, superhero movie of 2016, was definitely Batman vs. Superman, Dawn of Justice. But definitely wasn't really the biggest. What were the two biggest flops of the year? I'm going to have to go with flops and reviled. I'm going to put them together because it's three movies. If you're going box office flop, it has to be X-Men Apocalypse. It was highly touted as it's another X-Men movie. It's going to be big. It was number one. It's opening weekend, but it didn't do as well as Fox hoped. It made 155 at the box office, which is the, out of all the big superhero movies this year, it is the lowest. But the two, I think the two biggest reviled, like just polar opposite on fans films, is definitely both both DC films. Definitely Batman vs. Superman because, and then Suicide Squad was so hyped and then it made a ton of money. It's the fourth highest superhero moneymaker this year, but it threw people off because people were expecting you know, more Joker. Well, I'd probably consider those more the, uh, not really a flop, but a disappointment. The biggest disappointment yeah. of the year. Yeah, the the flop would be, the only flop would be X-Men Apocalypse, um, because everything else made pretty decent money. It's just that the dis- the two disappointments would be uh, BBS yep. and Suicide Squad. In the future, we've got a few great films for 2017, superhero movie-wise. I mean, we're getting a lot. I have an order that I compiled going through a bunch of different websites and a bunch of videos about most anticipated films of 2017. And the top five I could come up with doing like a number scale would be honorable mention because it was on everyone's list. Honorable mention. And it is a superhero movie, but it's not really a superhero movie, but it is a super movie, superhero movie. So I have to mention it is in February. We get the Lego Batman movie. That <laughs> movie was on every single most anticipated list i read it looks hilarious the first lego film itself was fantastic and you had batman in it you had superman in it you had a bunch of dc superheroes in it and this movie just looks like it's going to take that to a superhero level so it might be just as funny but it might be even more nerdy for uh, superhero and comic book fans one thing that i heard is that it's going to be uh what is it I heard that it's going to be a all, like, pretty much a Easter egg hunt. I have heard that, too. And from coming from the, the trailer, I definitely think it's going to be a huge Easter egg hunt because we've got all the main characters in Batman Universe, but then you've got so many DC characters. It's Warner Brothers film, so they have free range to use anyone from DC's comic book era, so they can use anyone. We Ooh. could get characters that we may never even ever see in a live-action movie in the Lego movie, which is pretty exciting for us DC fans. I know when they were going going down the walkway and they were showing the Batmobiles, it was every single Batmobile from the history of Batman. That's what I love. They can do, they can do just about anything with this Lego movie. They have free range. So number five, so I can, the list I compiled, number five would be Thor Ragnarok, and I think this is number five, 
because the two Thor movies haven't been great. They've had moments. They've had great moments, and they've got good characters. Like everyone loves Loki, but I think this one's going to be this one's more anticipated because of the director. Um, I think his name is Taika Watiti. He directed um, What We Do in the Shadows, the really funny mockumentary vampire film. And it seems like he's got a hold on the directing. And also that you're going to have so many characters in this film, like you're adding in Doctor Strange. And Doctor Strange is like one of the biggest surprises of this year. So he's going to be in the movie. Um, Loki's coming back. Uh, You've also got Mark Ruffles, Hulk, who's going to be in the majority of the movie. So those two things, I think, add up to be making it a lot more anticipated than people thought it was going to be. At number four would be Logan. And this one is, it's the last one. Everyone loves Hugh Jackman. Everyone loves Hugh Jackman's Wolverine. This is going to be the last time he's ever going to play Wolverine. And I think it's going to play out pretty well, even if it's not an R-rated, like, action comedy like Deadpool was. But it's going to be an R-rated sci-fi drama, taking out much of the uh, story from, uh, well, it's a spin on the story of Old Man Logan. But we're also getting Patrick Stewart. So we're going to get Patrick Stewart, Hugh Jackman, and, and what everyone has been screaming for since the first time we ever saw Wolverine claw somebody in the first X-Men movie, an R-rated X-Men movie. Wonder Woman is next. We all know that this is going, uh, DC is beating Marvel to the punch with the first solo female female superhero film. And just um, one of the biggest takeaways from BVS was uh, Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman. She, Even though she's not in it that much, she's in it enough to make a difference. Yeah, I didn't even see her now. I didn't even think that she was going to be that great, and I loved her as it. And we get to see her now. In a full-fledged Wonder Woman movie, get a little... It's not. It's an origin, but not really an origin story because she's already a princess and she's already got, you know, she's born in and we're going to find out... We're basically going to find out... Um, why she stopped helping. Why she's... Yeah, why she stopped helping humanity and man and everything to deal with that picture that she's looking for in BVS. Right. For me, this is probably the most anticipated, for me, this is the most anticipated superhero movie that I want to see next year because I'm a huge Wonder Woman fan. There's three more, and I'll I'll, I'll run through them quickly. Um, The the next one on the most anticipated list I saw was Spider-Man Homecoming. Not much I need to say about Spider-Man Homecoming other than we get a Spider-Man movie, and the MCU, which we've all been waiting like a decade for since they started this MCU thing. We're all like, when we're going, when we're going to see a Spider-Man movie, when we're going to see a Spider-Man movie, we're finally going to see a Spider-Man movie. It's going to be next summer in July. And then the last two are easily the, the two movies I saw on the, all of these were on everybody's list, but all of these were high, like super high. And a few lists, one of these movies was number one on each of the lists. The first movie I will speak of is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. That is probably the biggest superhero surprise of any superhero film in, like, the last decade. That movie came out of nowhere. Only comic book nerds knew about it. It just exploded. Everyone loves Groot now. Everyone loves Baby Groot now. Everyone loves the Guardians. I honestly am so stoked for this film. It just looks genuine. It doesn't feel like a tacked-on sequel. This feels like a second part to a big story entailing these characters. The most anticipated superhero movie is a DC movie next year. It's Justice League. 
<laughs> and I say this because I it was on every single list I saw. A few lists, it was the number one movie, like number one most anticipated movie of next year. I'm like, and it shocked me because of how divisive BVS is. But this is, I think this is going to be that film that all the DC fans and all the comic book fans want to see. It looks lighter in tone. You've got the DC, you've got the Justice League, coming. this group coming together, and they're going to probably be fighting uh, Darkseid. Yeah, they're going to be fighting Darkseid. Yeah. Oh, no, they're fighting Steppenwolf. I apologize. They're fighting Steppenwolf. But he's a part... Darkseid will show up. Darkseid will show up. He'll probably cameo on this. It's going to be huge, and there's going to be... I know there's a trailer coming. We're getting a trailer coming. I I say those words, and then the show airs, and there's a trailer already out, and I'm just like, well, I told you. You know what the best trailer for Justice League would be? You know how, how Batman vs. Superman ended with the dirt... Uh, rising off the coffin. Yeah. If it started with that and then rose a little more and then like the lid flew open and then it went Justice League. <laughs> I would go, I would be, that would be really cool. And what else would be funny is like do one for each member, you know, do like a Batcave one where it just like opens up or something and goes. Oh my God, that would be so awesome. Do one for like each member. That, oh, would, that would be so awesome. Kind of like a little teaser trailer but for each member yeah, yeah you could do like you could do like the bats in the bat cave and just go justice league and then you could have like lightning strike in the middle of like a city or something and you just see a blur and it's justice league and then cyborg you could see like all the computers like acting really weird and then maybe you see like the light of his suit in the background but he's all dark and it's just justice league and then you have a shot in underwater and like the tide comes up and there's a huge wave and stuff. Oh, that'd be awesome. They or, do that. They or that totally tide that. where he's, where he's walking out to the platform and the water just splashes up on him. Just to sneak. Yep. That would be awesome. And yeah, like the cyborg, instead of seeing the outline of his body, just see blackness. And then all of a sudden his red eye glow. Yeah. That would be yep. awesome. There you go. Warner brothers. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> where are my royalty checks? <laughs> exactly. If I see that after this is aired, I know where you got it from. What's going on, everybody? So that's our superhero information for you for 2016 and 2017. Now we're going to get back into uh, what biggest movies for 2016. Not just superhero movies. I mean, like, biggest all-time movies. The top ten. Yeah, buddy. These are the biggest box office Smashes, the ones that made the most money in the box office. Um, and I'll start at number 10 with, yes, it's a superhero movie. And what I thought was a really, really good movie, Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange was a great movie. Everybody I heard was like, oh, yeah, that's like the best Marvel movie ever. Mm. I really think it was. And, um, and I'll mention it again when we get a little bit further down the list. Uh, number nine came out just a couple of weeks ago. And so I think that really says something about how awesome this movie is and this, the, the power of the name of it. And is, the devotion uh, uh, of the fans. And, yes, the devotion and, of the fan for sure. And I, I do have to say, I think Carrie Fisher dying had a part in that. It may have, except that she didn't die when it came out. It was well after. Right. And when I got these numbers, it was before she died. So, oh, 
Well, then that never won't mind. Factor into this. That really won't factor into there this. There blows uh, my theory. Rogue, Rogue One, obviously, everyone's figured out is Rogue One. <laughs> um, but man, this, I can't say enough about this movie. I've actually seen it twice in the theater now, and it, it was even better the second time. Yeah, so, I haven't seen it yet, so you, you need to you're, you need to catch up. I will, and All then right. we'll do a review. Yes, yes, we will. All right, number eight, most money made was Suicide Squad which came as a big surprise because of how much the critics actually hated that movie. Right. I mean, it was one of those, it's a DC movie and everybody automatically already hates DC movies. And I don't know why they're actually pretty good to me. Or at least I think they are. I, I have no problem with them. They are very much darker than Marvel movies. Oh yeah. But I, I think that's their intent. The only they're not making the, Marvel movies. The only thing I didn't like about this movie was the fact that Will Smith was in it, but you know, there's nothing I could do about that. Right. Well, you know, I wasn't crazy that Forrest Whitaker was in Rogue One, but he didn't screw it up, so I can't complain. Well, he's a pretty good actor, though. I was just, I wasn't well, sure why he, he was even in winner, it. But he's not. I just don't see him as a Star Wars universe type actor. Me either. But he did really well too. I was, I was even impressed with him. Okay, number seven. Batman versus Superman. Another one that was, was really hated. It was, and I liked it. Um, it I, was... Um, I did too. It, it, was, was, it was an amazing story. It was something fans fans wanted to see. Definitely. And the amount of destruction, again, one of the things people didn't like about um, Man of Steel, I liked the amount of destruction. I mean, you have super creatures... How are they not able to destroy a that much? City? Exactly. You know, in the I mean, fact in the and, fact and that people people said it was dark. Of course, it's dark. It's a hatred type of movie. He's got yeah. hatred towards Superman. You These know, guys hating each other and beating on each other, and yeah, I thought I, I thought it was well done. And just like Suicide well Squad, done. Suicide Squad's dark because it's a freaking villain movie. Hello, hello. Yeah, exactly. Okay, number six, um, making it a little bit more lighthearted, was Zootopia. Zootopia, never seen it, so I can't say nothing. I did not see Zootopia, but it's one that I kind of wanted to see. Um, it's an animated. I think it's a DreamWorks. So, okay, and that's the, the, the bottom half of the top ten. So now we're going to move to number five, which is another superhero movie, because this will be the fourth one, I think. I think so. Um, and, and it's Deadpool. Deadpool. Now, Deadpool, really, really good movie. Yes, it is. It was a it was a surprise at how good it really was. I think so too. Um, especially and on I, the little budget it was on. And I think that um, with it being rated R, that to me is what makes Doctor Strange a better movie for Marvel than Deadpool. Now, Deadpool was good, and I think it's really fantastic but as far as overall entire audience wise i think dr strange it, it can reach because you're not going to take your first seven-year-olds to see deadpool right <laughs> but dr strange they can see right but at, as a my fan age fan that's the only thing i was looking at as a but, my age I, fan I it's a tie between dr strange and deadpool to me because deadpool really was just both awesome 
I love them both. They're both in, in my video library. Um, I'm, yeah. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not kidding. I've got them all anyway, <laughs> so it doesn't matter. Um, number four, the jungle book. Jungle Book. You know, that was an awesome movie. I hated, I didn't want to see that at first. I didn't. This is one that I've not seen yet. I wanted to. Situation has happened that I just didn't have an opportunity yet. Um, but it will happen. I will see it. And it um, is on Netflix. So go watch oh, it. Oh, is it already Netflix. on Netflix? It's on Netflix. That's where I watched it. That, oh, well, then I'll be watching it, it later. I mean, it's a great Bill Murray movie. At first, I didn't want to see it. Then I found out John Favreau directed it. And I'm like, okay, I'll give it a chance. You know, oh, I didn't know that Favreau directed that. No yes, problem. and he's also it. he's also in it too. But he's he's like a little voice you don't recognize. Well, he's he's a voice, so right. But uh, and then he's also doing Lion King next year, or oh, 2000, that's awesome. 2017 or 2018, one of the two. But it's also going to be live action, just like Jungle Book. But right. it doesn't stay on the exact same storyline, but it does pretty good. It's a pretty good movie. Well, then I'll be checking that out for sure. All right. Number three, The Secret Life of Pets. Pets, This is another yes. animated movie. I haven't seen it. I want to. I want to really bad. I just haven't been able to yet. You have to. You'll love the poodle. She's in it for very little, but it's uh, that poodle is awesome. I love the poodle. <laughs> I've, I've loved every preview I've seen for this movie. And it, it, um, it doesn't disappoint. I'll say that. I, I don't doubt that. Uh, number two, another superhero movie, which makes one, two, three, four, five superhero movies in the top ten so far. And this is number and one? And this is Captain America Civil War. Civil War, yes. That was one that everybody wanted to see, and they wanted to see that one iconic picture, and they saw it. Yes. Yeah, so it was so awesome. It was, I mean, I, I didn't even notice it at first because I was still in awe about the movie. And then I caught it like at the end of it actually happening. I was like, oh. So, mm-hmm. all right. Uh, what were the bombs? Well, we still got number one to go. Oh, I thought that was number one. No, that was number two. Number one was Finding Dory. Oh, yeah. The one I don't want to talk about yeah (laughs) (laughs) i i had no interest in seeing this um i love finding nemo because it was a story about a guy going after his son and doing anything he could for him and that's kind of how i am i'll do anything for my son same here and um this movie i just i can't bring myself to see it i don't know why i just and the funny thing about finding nemo that was my son's very first movie ever Really? Yes. That's funny. So when his girlfriend is like, oh, I love Finding Dory. I want to see Finding Dory. And then my girlfriend was like, oh, I love Finding Dory. I want to see Finding Dory. Me and me and my son were like, okay, let's go watch it. Okay. <laughs> now, I want to point something out. This is the top 10 grossing movies of the year, most money makers. I want you to point out and keep track. You had five superhero movies. Right. Marvel and DC. And not necessarily Disney Marvel. But you also had five Disney movies in this. Keep that in mind as we go to the biggest bombs of the year, the ones that made the least money. Some some of these we kind of liked, at least parts of them. Right. But I want you to notice what's there and how much superhero and how much Disney. Okay. 
I'll try, okay. I'll try to keep up on my hands. Because we're going from the best of the best to the worst of the worst. You, you'll only need one hand. Hmm. I'll give you a hint. You'll only need one finger for Disney because there's not a superhero movie on here. Okay. Someone could claim that there's superhero-ish movies on here, but not <laughs> technically. Okay, anyway, let's get into it. Number 10, Bad Santa 2. Yeah, I wasn't really interested in it when it came out, or even the thought I, of it coming out was out. I didn't care anything about it. I thought it was pointless. Same here. Um, number nine, Zoolander 2. Again, I didn't have any interest in it, and I thought it was kind of pointless. Same here. <laughs> number eight was Divergent Allegiant, which is the third movie in the Divergent series. There were three books. They split the last one into two for money, obviously, like everyone's done with every big series. Right. And this movie was so bad. It was on HBO the other day. I watched it, and I couldn't even watch it. I had to turn it off. It was so bad. Um, and one of the reveals that we have coming up is that this movie, the the next one, the last one in the series, uh-huh. it, this one was so bad, they're making the last one a TV movie. They're not even going to put it in a theater. That's oh, how bad it was. That's bad. And that's a shame, because Shelley Woodward is a really good actress. And I think she's way above that. But everyone I've talked to about that have read the books said the books kind of do the same thing. They started off really good, and then it just kind of fizzled after that. So there's that. Okay, number seven uh, on the bombs was Pop Star. Pop Star. That's that uh, Andy Somburn movie. Andy Somburn, yes. That's kind of like a spoof movie. Yes, kind of like that. And okay. and I had no interest in it. I uh, number six, Independence Day Resurgence, which we waited 20 years for the sequel. We were really psyched about it. It looked really good. And then it wasn't. Yeah, I I was so psyched about it, and I remember skipping school, tattletale on myself, skipping school and going to see the original movie in theaters, and uh, I remember I was so excited, and the guy I was working with, he was like, you gonna go watch it this weekend? I'm like, "Uh, I can't watch it this weekend, Uh, and he was like, all right, I'll tell you how it is, if you should see it or not. He comes back, he's like, don't waste your money, don't waste your money. Yeah, this movie, no. I I haven't seen it yet. I wanted to. I know it's out on video. I just hadn't brought myself to uh, rent it or whatever. I figure it'll be on something for free here before too long, and I'll watch it then. Mm. Okay, number five, the BFG. Uh-huh. They, they messed up a good book again and made it something no one wanted to see. Uh, number four, this is... Disney's bomb of the year. Alice through the looking glass. Oh yeah, I can see why that one was a bomb. <laughs> uh, as far as a Tim Burton movie, uh-huh. probably pretty good. They should have just let him do a movie based loosely on characters. Uh-huh. Oh wait, they did, and then they made it a Mad Hatter film based trying to bank on Johnny Depp's popularity. Uh-huh. And look at that. It was the fourth biggest bomb of the year. <laughs> so that didn't work for him so good. So that's the the one on the list. Now, the next one, I kind of like this movie. If you take the originals out of the equation uh-huh. and let this kind of be by itself, number three is Ghostbusters. I kind of kind of liked it. I thought it was pretty well written. But if the special effects were really good, almost too good. We talked about this. 
um, some of the ghosts don't look ghostish. Right. They they they, they, they tried too hard to be ghosts. Yeah. With great graphics. The the thing that I really liked about it that really got me was the um, the cameos were funny. Right. The um, the Slimer in here. The original Slimer was a tribute to John Belushi. Right. All the the nasty, slobbery eating, all the sloth and stuff. That, everything that he embodied as an actor and all his roles. They they that was how they based Slimer. And then in this movie, there's a scene where Slimer spoilers Slimer steals Echo One, and he has a female Slimer with the blonde bouffant hair and the big, and they go driving off into the rift or whatever. And that scene where Slimer putting his arm around the blonde is straight out of Animal House, John Belushi. Hmm. So they took that tribute to a whole new level. And to me, that was one of the things that really got me about that movie. And that's one of the things I really liked about it was they could take something that was in the original and copy it, but then expand on it with something new that actually meant something. And to me, I thought that was one of the cooler parts of it. Uh, okay. And For then, people that don't can, know, now you know. Yeah, now you know. Uh, number two is another movie that I kind of liked. You could call it a superhero movie, but not really. It's Gods of Egypt. Um, that one has... Um, Chadwick Boseman and uh, Gerard Butler. Yes. And um, uh, uh, Nikolai, what's his name, that plays Jamie, Jamie Lannister. Lannister. Right. Yes. He uh, uh, plays Horus in this movie, in, in The Gods of Egypt. Um, I thought it was good. It's lots of action. There's some times it gets slow. And the script is a little drawn out and vague. And But as far as a movie about Egypt, I thought it was pretty good. The special effects are worth it. Okay. And then number one, the biggest bomb of the year, one that I think we can all agree they should never have done, was a remake of a Charlton Heston movie, a super classic Ben-Hur. Yes. Why? I don't even Just, know. Why? For, for one, what's the point in it? A lot of people don't even know what that is. Nowadays. Right. That's why it bombed. So now I'm going to look at this list and say there's one, two, three, four, five sequels and one, two remakes. Two remakes? Bad Santa 2, Zoolander 2, Divergent Allegiance, Independence Day, and Alice Through the Looking Glass are all Sequels. sequels. Wow, that's a lot. Then you have Ben Hur Ghostbusters as remakes. Mm. So that's that's what seven of the ten. Okay, well I think we see a pattern here. Yes, stop making remakes. Yeah, stop <laughs> doing remakes. And so if the sequels gotta wait twenty years to come out, maybe you need to rethink that. Right. Which is bad because one of our upcoming exciting ones is 35 years after the original. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, unfortunately, we'll have to get to uh, the upcoming ones at a later date. But uh, we got some shows that we recorded that I would like to get to that we we never aired, but I put a little, a little get-together of them, I should say, of shows that we aired. And this is pretty much going to end out the show. So y'all have a good one and enjoy the rest of the show. Have a happy new year. Let's have let's, a happy, safe new year, everybody from all of us with the whole picture. 
and let's have a great 2017. Stay alive. See y'all next show. Two weeks, 5 o'clock Central Standard Time. Have a good one. Today we're doing our top five favorites. This time we're talking about documentaries. This week we're going to talk cult movies. Welcome back everybody to the whole picture. This week we're talking movies then compared to now. And I like that they gave a little bit of the history of the DeLorean car company, even though they did not always have all the details on it. Uh, John DeLorean was the head of the Ford Motor Company. He was summarily fired when Ford's started to tank a little bit, and he started his own. He he ran Chrysler for a while. He ran Ford for a while. Mm-hmm. And then he got tired of both of them, and they kind of sent him on his way, and he just started his own car company. And then he got busted for an assload of cocaine. Right. I want to say DeLorean Motor Company is still around because of Back to the Future. If it wasn't for Back to the Future, it wouldn't be around. And they have uh, started to make electric DeLoreans, too. But they got the same design and everything. It's just electrical DeLoreans. Okay, I get Nicolas Cage being a comic geek, and he loves Superman, called his son Kal-El, and all that. But I don't, I don't see, care. I don't see him being Superman. In this documentary, they had him in costume. They had him in a prototype costume. Right. Which nobody liked that prototype costume. No. But at, also, they showed the actual costume at the end, which was like, okay, the costume's way better, just the actor in it, not, not so, so much. much. And and but but yeah, that and that was I thought that was an excellent documentary because it followed that whole story, and and it showed you way you more. You almost could watch Kevin Smith getting gray hairs during and this like story and grabbing them and pulling them, and that's why he keeps it a little short on the side. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I'm like, wow, why? He wasn't established. I understand that. Still to this day. But still. Why has Kevin Smith not done or been hired to do a comic book movie? He is a comic book geek. He's wrote comics. He's done Green Arrow. He's done Batman. And his series, Comic Book Man, is hilarious. The ratings on TV, too, now. Even with Beavis and Butthead, just because they kept saying, fire. Fire. Right, and then they had kids starting to set things on fire. Then they couldn't do that bit anymore. Why? Because of poor parenting, but no, because of Beavis and Butthead. Wow, wow, y'all just admitted to letting Beavis and Butthead parent your children. We're on movies now and rating and systems because parents need a help. They need a guide. And that's what it, I think it was originally intended to be. One of the things I love about... Um, Real movie trailers that YouTube. Oh yes, the one for this. Honest movie trailers. Honest movie trailers. Yes, they they reword the songs and everything. And for the first time in forever, that song in there where she's singing, Disney, let us sing. So (laughs) I'm like, and it's like we haven't sang since the Lion King. Oh God. <laughs> like, you know, I didn't want to see it basically because I knew there was a lot of singing in it. But when I actually sat down and watched it, it was a pretty cool storyline. It was very interesting. And the fact that I'll, people nowadays try to connect other movies with other movies, you know, instead of just being, okay, this is a movie. They try to always connect things, like they try to connect the Frozen parents to Tarzan and Jane's parents. Yes, Tarzan. I saw that, and, and I thought that was really kind of cool. A big movie over here, it was about 
track racing instead of tricks and stuff like that. Yet they had tricks in it, and he was learning how to do the backflip and all that. They also had, uh, I forget her name, the lady from Full House that was married to Jesse. Oh, uh, Lori Laughlin or something the one. like that. Lori, Lori Laughlin. And she was the love interest of Crew Jones, uh, which is, well, not really a local hero, the local boy that gets into the hell track and with all the professionals. During the filming of the movie, one of the stunt writers for uh, the movie broke his leg, and you later see him in the movie sitting on the truck, and he asked Crew to sign his leg, wow. sign his cast. That's that guy. Just this local somebody just getting out of high school and going to go take his SATs. And he's a de- paper delivery boy in the morning and for before school. And then after school, he goes and works at a restaurant. Well, he delivers the papers early in the morning. He's always trying to beat this time. Some people he pisses off because he knocks things over. You know, typical kid stuff. They've also got people that actually pull for him, too, like this little lady. At the end of the whole little thing, you see him stop and check out the time. The lady goes, almost made it. He's like, I know, but when I do, I'm going to aim for it this time. You know, so there's people that are actually there, like always, back in the day, you got those people. You rowdy old, you old kid. And then you get, darn kids. And matter of fact, uh, oh, I know this old guy, and I know you know the old guy. Uh, I can't even think of uh, My favorite Martian. The original. Do you remember the original? Um, yes, I do. The the actual Martian, who was actually in the movie that Christopher Lloyd was in. He's that old man that ends up being on his side. But at first, when he threw the paper at the beginning, it knocked his uh, coffee cups out of his hand while he's riding a BMX bike as an old man. So he's got his money from BMX. Track is being built in their town to where they have to, where all these professionals are going to come in and race, and they're betting on this one star to win the track, and they're going to start this whole mongoose line from him, and it's around that kind of storyline. And then the people are like, well, what about the local kids? They're going to want to be in and on this. They're going to want to try to get into this in their hometown. Are you trying to say they can't race on this track that's in their hometown? They're like, well, we'll hold a qualifying race. When it's all said and done, crew wins, he sees how good he kind of is. The guy that's sponsoring the head bad guy, Bart Taylor, goes and says, I'll make a deal with you. I'll give you all this money, you know, all these sponsorship deals, you know, you know, the deal with the devil. Right. And he said, all you got to do is pretty much take a fall and let this guy win, Bart Taylor win. When I heard that they were getting Bradley Cooper to do face, I was like, okay, they're casting it right. Mm-hmm. And then they said Liam Neeson was... Uh, Hannibal. Hannibal. I was like, okay, you're on the right role. And I never knew who they got to play. Uh, what's his name? I think it was Murdoch. I never knew who they got to right. play. Um, and then when I found, when I watched the movie, I'm like, dude, he is spot on with his Murdoch. He was spot <laughs> on with the Murdoch. I was you like, are correct. Oh my yeah. god, that's freaking awesome. And Jessica Biel did a really nice job in that. She did. And it it did pretty good at the box office too. I know, I thought it was funny how they put the original face in there when Bradley Cooper's going to do the tanning. Yeah. That was pretty cool. I was hoping they'd get them all in there, but this one was at least good enough. I think, um, what's his name, Hannibal, um, George Fapard, I think he's already passed away. Oh, okay. And they couldn't get him, obviously. (laughs) Obviously. And Mr. T has been um, really sick. He's had cancer. 
really bizarre that he has um, T-cell lymphoma. <laughs> I know, T right? T-cell lymphoma. Yeah, go figure. But um, He's got all that T. But he's doing better, and I think he's uh, about to, I think he kicked it and is recovering, but he's lost a lot of his mass, and he's not, he's about half the man he was. Oh, I bet. So, but you know, hey, he's a tough guy, and he fought, and he lived, and that's pretty awesome. Today we're doing our top five favorites. This, this is hard. This is very hard. Very hard to do. Like, if you gave me a top 50 list, I would still leave things out. And, and and top five to me is not fair. But then again, sitting here listening to us rattle off 50 films apiece is not fair to our listeners either. So these are the top five when I sat down and made this list. I'll put <laughs> it like that because it's not ever. My number five is a very, very, very recent one. Deadpool. What about you? What's your well, top five? Well, my number five, the Weird Al Yankovic classic, UHF. My number four, The Big Lebowski. Which brings me to my number four. Zach and Miri make a porno. Because I go real serious on this one. Blood in, blood out. Uh, my next one is for the uh, fans of the genre of musicals, to which everyone is now going, oh God, he's going to throw Even me. Yes, I am. Repo, the genetic opera. My number two, Hackers. My number two is also based on a graphic novel, V for Vendetta. Well, my number one, for people that know me, it's even on my neck, Boondock Saints. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess that brings me to my number one. And since I couldn't settle on one because I'm just that kind of guy, Star Wars, like as a whole. Rick and Morty, the first time I ever heard about this was actually on that documentary uh, back in time. About really? Back to the Future, where they referenced it was kind of like a Doc Brown and Marty McFly type thing. And I, once I saw that, I was like, maybe. And you have a situation here which is similar to another situation that we'll talk about in a minute. But the voice of Rick and Morty are done by Justin Roiland. Right. Uh, part of the one of the creators of it. Right. I guess Dan Harmon just wasn't good enough to do a voice. I guess, but someone's got to be behind the scenes, too. Rick and Morty are together so much, he's got a lot of work. <laughs> I mean, he's busy. Yeah, he... Oh, my God. It's pretty much Rick and Morty, so he's just reading the whole script right after each other, probably. Right. Well, not really. He's probably doing all of Morty's lines, all of Rick's lines. You've been listening to The Whole Picture. Don't forget to check out our webpage at www.wholepicturemovies.com. Also, follow us on Twitter at WholePicturePod. We're also available on iTunes and Google Play Music. Don't forget to subscribe, that way you know when there's a new show. If you have any questions, comments, or anything, email wholepicturemovies at gmail.com. Till next time, we're the whole picture. So if you're behind, you better catch up and stay up.